0: Welcome to It's a Fit Life Creation Podcast with me, Katrina Julia. I'm a lifestyle entrepreneur and a transformation coach, jumpstart transformation to time to transform, to boss brand, to moneymaker, to inspiring with influence and more. So let's create. And I lost over 55 pounds four years ago with the help of Herbalife Nutrition, Meal Bags, Team Edge, NASA, a certified public accountant. I've served in over eight industries, generating others over seven to nine figure results consistently while having my own money in chaos to create a life and a business I love. It's about the passion, the purpose, the people, and the profits. To create a life and a business you love, tune in to the stories and the journey as we create It's a Fit Life creation. Podcast. I am super excited today to have a very very special guest with us, Dominique, who is the business development man, cor- corporate business development manager for Porsche. So if you didn't know, you don't just say Porsche, you say Porsche. We were just talking about this, and I met this beautiful young lady that you'll see a picture of her from our video feature at an accelerator with the bridge community. So if you don't know what an accelerator is, it's basically typically a group of investors or a group of companies that are coming together to help entrepreneurs get their businesses to the next level. And there's all kinds of accelerators from kind of startup seed to pilots to different things. And they were doing a wrap up of the event And Dominique presented on the case study with Portia specifically, and I was super impressed with her speaking and her confidence, which is why we're focusing on crazy confidence today and how important that is in life and in business to create what you love. And I went and talked to her after, and I said, you know, I love how you presented. I love the info on the case study, which maybe she'll share some insight with you guys as well. Um, and would you love to be featured on our podcast? So that's how we started. And then we connected over the phone. She was open. So welcome, Dominique. Hello. <laughs> what would you love to just share your thoughts, et cetera?
1: Uh, well, so my name is Dominique Boldrick, and I work for Porsche Cars North America, as she told you, and pretty much if I go back and give you a short snippet of my story, I grew up in Miami, Florida. And I went to the University of Florida, go Gators, uh, where I got my degree in industrial engineering. And I started my career out in manufacturing at PepsiCo. Uh, I actually got to work at a Gatorade plant because PepsiCo owns Gatorade. And I did that for about five years. And then I was trying to find something new to do, but I still wanted to stay within the manufacturing area. And, um, I had a friend that was doing some consulting and it was actually a specific consulting for manufacturing. So I interviewed, I got the job and I did that for three years and I consulted on projects from big, huge appliance mergers to coal mining, even down to like a baby food manufacturer. It was so rewarding to always be able to take my expertise that was honed at Pepsi and be able to help smaller companies solve problems that they wouldn't necessarily have the resources to solve. Um... From there, I was able to secure a position with Porsche because I was—I uh, always struggled a little bit with with blue sky um, and things that weren't very structured. I'm a very structured person. I like guidelines. I like black and white, and I don't—I don't like gray area. Uh, however, I did feel that um, strategy was something that was a challenge that I would like and that I could overcome and become better at, which is why I took the position with Porsche in corporate business development.
0: I love it. Um, so how do you feel – and we talked some about this over the phone before. Um, how do you feel like confidence has played, like, a big role in taking those steps and those leaps? And then it may make sense for you to talk about some of, like, your past influences into that. Because obviously you didn't just arrive at, you know, <laughs> Go Gators, at yes. you know, Florida. Or you didn't just arrive at Pepsi. You know, and I think that's a lot of times what people forget is – you know, there's a, there's a journey to a destination and then there's a new journey to a destination. Yes. And many of us are very black and white, very destination driven. And it's like this peeling back of layers, right. Yeah. To, to let go of the fear.
1: Mm-hmm. I would say if I, I would have to go back to my childhood. Um, I grew up with my grandmother and I was always doing something in church. And I literally the very first thing that I could think of was, I believe it was a Christmas. It was Christmas time, and I had to say either a poem or read a scripture, and I was very young, and I got to the front of the church, and I saw all of these people looking at me, and I put the microphone up to my mouth, and I was like, you guys want me to say it? And and everyone started laughing, and I was like, okay, I can do this, and I said the scripture, and afterwards, like, everyone gave me so much hugs. and told me how well I did, and that was, like, the first, I guess, stone in the pond of me building the confidence that I have today. Uh, my grandmother is very important in my life. And growing up, I was definitely a tomboy. I was not your traditional girl. I was climbing trees, jumping skateboards. Anything that girl wasn't supposed to do, I was doing it, and she fully supported it, which I think is what is responsible for the confidence I have today in being who I am and and being able to embody that and being okay with being different in situations. Um As an African-American female, things that interest me go from as far as woodworking and building things to... Going hunting during hunting season. Um, yeah, we hunt. Yeah, I've hunt whitetail, and two years ago, uh, my husband and I we actually both shot our first deer. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, and then I'm still into the hair and makeup, but I always my motto, if you'll see it on any of my social media accounts, is always be trying something new. Yes. Um, and and I live by you can't say you don't like something until you try it, and that is just kind of. Who I am. I'm always willing to try something. I like meeting new people, new experiences. I feel like I can always learn something mm-hmm. from someone, and then I always can teach somebody something. Mm-hmm. And I think that that has helped at its core give me the confidence that I have. I today. love
0: that. A couple of things that you hit on, and um, um, you just reminded me literally of an Instagram post I just posted the other day. Um, so I'm going to share that too. Um, with, with the audience and with the community. So a couple of things. So one, see, you have been a public speaker for a long time.
1: Yeah. It was in church. You <laughs> started in church. Because it didn't stop after that. No. Yeah.
0: So you did, you so said you had some moments and like, I love the fact that you like, even though like you had that moment, right. Cause there's always this, it's, it's, You feel the fear or you feel the uncomfortability is a lot of times what I talk about. People think, oh, even earlier today, someone told me like, oh, you don't like, you don't look tired at all. And she's like, wow, you can fake it really well. I was like, oh, yes, I can fake it like with confidence very well. I can fake it with being tired. Like, like you won't know certain things unless I tell you. Um, And I think part of that is goes back to sometimes not necessarily are being raised, to not show weakness or not be vulnerable. So that's a new thing too. But anyway, so you've been speaking being outside the box. Mm -hmm. I love that. Then um, you talked about how um, a lot of what she supported was freedom Mm -hmm. and letting you freely be yourself. And I think at the, at the core, you know, there's basic human drives and basic human needs, whether it's survival, Mm -hmm. whether it's passion and purpose, whether it's freedom. Mm -hmm. And I think at the core and then also wanting to be heard. Mm-hmm. And and we were talking about this, you guys, before we started recording the podcast, is how sometimes, especially as a female or like, in, you know, my case and knowing how my voice can sound like a little kid or Dominique was even talking about how, you know, being an African-American woman, how like sometimes we have to like put on, for lack of a better term, a firm slash a.k.a. bitch voice <laughs> that it, it, it's like what it is. And it's. It's just in those moments, depending on if someone's pushing you to that level. Mm-hmm. But anyway, back to the point of her supporting you being that tomboy mm-hmm. and or the girl and or the hunter <laughs> and or the wife <laughs> and or all these things. And I totally resonate with that. I'm going to share this uh, real quick. I literally just posted this. So look, and I'll show you, if you look at my Instagram, you guys, it's like a super colorful wall in Atlanta. On purpose, thank you. It's right by Crog Street, if you're in Atlanta or happen to visit in Atlanta. Um, and I put, I'm reaching for passion, purpose, and people that align. Don't try and fit me in a box or a niche, because simply you can't or you won't. So that's what's speaking to me from a confidence aspect. Mm-hmm. And the Dominique that's sitting here today <laughs> is not the Dominique that's going to be sitting here next week, next month, next year, 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I put, or perhaps, simply human. Yeah. Multi-passionate, multi-talented, pursuing purpose and potential, always learning, mm-hmm. like how you said, learn something new, always evolving, always creating, always growing, um, etc. So, so I love that. Um, so, why did you think out of curiosity? So, like when you think about that, what are like two or three top things when you think about confidence? That if you were talking to yourself five years ago or 20 years ago, what would you say to yourself
1: or what would you say to the community? Ah, this is a good question. Thank you. Um, Hmm. I think I would tell myself because there are always moments of doubt. I think everyone has them, whether they are willing to admit it or not. You always find yourself in a situation where you're like, I can't do this. Or why do these people have faith in me and believe that I can do this? And it's like about just constantly reminding yourself that if, someone else has the faith in you that there's something that you aren't seeing and to continue to push. Um, Because I find myself in those moments a lot where I'm like, oh, how did I end up in this room? Am I supposed to be here? Why am I here? And then I have to like quiet the voices in my head and say that I am here for a reason. Now let me bring what I have to the table. And I just have to constantly try to remind myself of that. Um, I'm always unapologetically me. Um, there's a fine way of our call of finessing that into my professional life Um, (laughs) (laughs) because outside of work if you ask any of my friends like what you see is what you get Mm -hmm. Um, and I will always tell you what's on my mind I'll always be honest and truthful with you Um, I take my friend circle very serious which means I I keep it very small as well uh, because I value the relationships that I build I'm also even though I can come off as a little aggressive initially i am super sensitive (laughs) like super super sensitive um so i try to keep people around me where we're always building on, on each other i can ask you for honest advice you won't let me walk out of the house with like I don't know, looking crazy or something like that. Like those are the people. Unless you want to. Like I say that too. Unless I want to. Yes.
0: Like if I want to look crazy and throw on my hat and have whatever clothes on, like.
1: Yeah, like this is just how I feel today and I don't care. And usually my friends are like, okay, well, at least I told you and you are okay with it. So we are both aware.
0: Or I don't want to go here because
1: of X, but keep going. Um, So I just try to be aware of that and always just try to be myself. And I always want to leave a room where. I feel like I might have impacted or changed the perception of someone who, and like I said, being African-American, again, growing up in America, it it is the elephant in the room. And I feel like it is my job to always try and leave an impact in the room in a positive way or to change someone's perspective that I might not even know them, but they've never met a black woman that hunts or a black woman that builds furniture. And I want to leave that impression on you. Yeah. And then come approach me. Ask me questions. I'm always open.
0: No, I love that. Yeah. A couple of things that stood out. One, um, it reminded me back in middle school because I grew up in Houston. Mm -hmm. And very eclectic, diverse, Mm -hmm. super diverse. I mean, it was like
1: the Caucasian was the minority. Yeah.
0: And I remember one of my favorite shirts that I used to wear. It was was literally like plain white t-shirt, love sees no color. (laughs) But growing up, like we didn't realize in A-Leaf Houston, Texas, me and one of my close friends, and just like you, I have a very small close circle because that's where you look for kind of your edification, your Mm -hmm. buildup, your confidence. And and that trust takes time to build. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of my friends and I, Priscilla, we talk about that like those environments are not necessarily the norm. All across America. Mm -hmm. Like that acceptance, that love. Like we had, you know, one classroom. It would be like 20% African American. It would be like 10% white. Mm -hmm. 30% Asian. Like in Houston, it was like 50% Hispanic. Mm -hmm. And then other. (gasps) Yeah. Literally. So it, besides travel, it trained us in a way to be accepting of all cultures, of all people across the world. Mm -hmm. Because those were our friends. Yeah. So I love that. I love that you talked about push. Because sometimes it's a matter of getting uncomfortable, and yes, this is your norm. And and one of my other friends and I, Melly, were talking about this uh, this weekend on Sunday. That sometimes you know you're comfortable, and it's like sitting like a baby sitting in a diaper full of poop. And it's like, and she said it like this: she's like, sometimes you'll try to scoot over to try to <laughs> find still there. one more spot that has no poop, and you're like, it's still there. Damn it. <laughs> Because it's comfortable, it's the known, mm-hmm. and and getting outside of your known is reaching for the unknown. Mm-hmm. It's new territory, it's new ground. It's it's somebody that you've never been. Like you said, when you shifted, you know, into a strategy role, when you shifted even from college to Pepsi, mm-hmm. it's but it's it's trusting the confidence or building yourself up or the friends, and then you talked about um, something, and Oprah talks about this too. Um, And so does Brendan Bouchard. If you haven't heard of him, he's um, somebody I've learned from. He's in the digital marketing space Mm -hmm. and has personal development. High performance habits is one of his books. And um, he talks about when you enter in a room, leave the energy in the room, which is exactly Mm -hmm. what you were saying, Dominique, better than how you found it. Mm -hmm. So, And I think that also builds your confidence because people will come and tell you. You'd be amazed, like whether it's in person or like social media, like people are like, how are you always happy? And I'm like, listen, I have my moments, but there's a choice to focus on the confidence, to focus on being happy, on faith. It's like, well, I don't want this. So I'm going to ask myself, what did I learn from it? Mm -hmm. Apply, shift, and not stay in that gucky, poopy
1: diaper. Yeah, yeah. And I would say that I probably owe that line of thinking to my early years at Gatorade, because I came in as a production supervisor, mm-hmm. and you guys can't see me, but I'm a very petite woman, and I probably look like I might be about 19, maybe 30. Still, yeah. <laughs> and, and right now, today, I'm 32. But come fresh out of college, I was, I was what? What are you? 20, 22, yeah. 21, and I had 30 direct reports uh, for across three uh, manufacturing lines, all of which the majority of them were old enough to either be my parent or grandparent. And I found myself in this situation like I have to find a way to not only relate to these people, but to get them to work for me. Because, yes, I could take the state of I'm your boss, you have to do what I say, but that doesn't get me very far because they'll only do what I ask them to do. The minimum. But if I build that relationship with them, then they want to work with me. They say, hey, Dominique, I know you said to do this, but if we do this... This is the result. Maybe we should do it like this. Yes. And, you, and I and you want to get that feedback. And I learned that very early and I've kind of carried it with me throughout my career to always be trying to build a relationship that becomes organic, that where you have, you don't have to tell the team what to do. The team's almost telling you, this is what we're going to do and here's why. They're and taking the, initiative. Yep. yep.
0: No, I love that because you're basically building a foundation. So from your childhood foundation, mm-hmm. you're building a friendship And a collaboration, Mm -hmm. and there's no I'm above you. It's we're a team, we're a community. Mm -hmm. And I literally was talking about this on yesterday's podcast for those of you that may have um, tuned into the prior episode on social steroids, where I talked about, I was like, you guys, focus on what you love, Mm -hmm. your passion, focus on your purpose. How are you trying to serve? Focus on people and connecting with people. And then the profits and everything flows because people want to do stuff with you. Mm-hmm. They want to be in your space. They want to help. They want to mutually serve. It's a flow of energy in its relationship. Mm-hmm. No, I absolutely love that. There was something else that um, when you talked about that, but I would imagine also, because I know I, I can also relate uh, to those experiences that you had some that took some time to get the buy-in.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: And or some that decided to leave. Mm-hmm. So, like, how did that impact your confidence?
1: Those were the rough ones. Those are the rough moments where you have to take a step back and just continue to push. That's that moment where you're like, you're questioning, why am I in this position? Why am I in this room? (sighs) Who thought that I could do this? And you have to just quiet those voices and come up with a different approach of how to get the buy-in. Because some people are always going to be resistant. Some people, very quickly, you can get the buy-in because you approach them as they're a human being. And you approach them, I always try to treat people the way that I want to be treated. I always try to approach people or do my best attempt of putting myself in their shoes to try and understand how I would prefer to be approached if I were them. And some people that just doesn't work on. So in some cases, you almost have to ask the question, like, what is the problem? what can I do Mm -hmm. to better the relationship between you and Mm -hmm, I? -hmm. And sometimes it's not even you. It's sometimes that they have their own personal issues and they're just having a bad month or a bad year or a bad week or decade or whatever. And it's not, it it doesn't have anything to do with you. And in that moment you find out that, okay, it's not me. And then, I understand they're having a difficult time. So i approached approach them with a little more sensitivity than I typically mm-hmm, would. Mm-hmm. Uh, um,
0: I love that you hit on, um, it's almost like layers, right? Or boundaries that, well, let me try this. Let me try this. Let me try this. And really what I also heard you say is not taking it personal. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you know that you've done something that warrants an apology or yeah. that maybe you should redirect or, you know, um, so so in you know, in those veins and definitely it's it's often hard to either, you know, A, you're you're taking risks, you're asking people to buy into your vision, to buy into wherever, you know, whatever whatever the direction is, right? Mm-hmm. The company, the department, whatever is going. Um, and definitely relate to that as well. And then on top of that, it's being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. On top of that, it's the perceptions of whether it's age. Whether it's female, whether it's race, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then like you said, it's the sensitivity oftentimes approaching. But also you hit on this too. And I definitely relate to this. It's like sometimes you will go so far in, in general, whether it's pers- personal or professional or both. But then it's like you realize where it's like you can be aggressive. Mm-hmm. But then it's, you know, deep down inside, you're a big mushball. Like I definitely <laughs> relate to that.
1: I absolutely am. <laughs>
0: Like, I mean, I cry at the drop of a dime. My mom's like, why do you cry so much? I'm like, because I'm releasing and I'm I'm just happy and, or I'm sad. And I know this is something I need to let go of. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, and I can imagine like a lot of times it's like that dance, right? Where, and literally I was talking about this with a mentor yesterday, that it's like this deciding or a decision. Like you said, we all have these stories in our heads, right? Mm -hmm. Well, is this, a, is this a legit story that still serves me, mm-hmm. that's still going to help me grow in life and be confident? Or is this something that maybe perhaps is limiting, mm-hmm. fear-based or whatever that I get to let go of? And then it's also like from the flip side, if somebody's projecting something onto you,
1: mm-hmm.
0: is this something that I've done and should I allow it into my energy and into my space and into my brain? Yeah. Or do I put up a wall to say, Mm-mm, And a lot of times it's not, it's not you. It's not me. It's as long as you've communicated with good faith and love, it's understanding that, but it's, it's, it's an art and a science.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you get it right. Sometimes you don't, but you just have to keep trying. Keep
0: trying. No, I love that. Um, also on that end. So when you found yourself in those confident, you know, in those roles where you're transitioning, especially like in the beginning. So let's say when you first got it, because just because it's recent. When you transition from the prior role into Porsche and in your first like three
1: months, mm-hmm. how do you approach like your first three months? Oh man. So my first three months at Porsche was probably the, the, the biggest test that I've had in my career, only because everything was new. This was no longer manufacturing. although we are a manufacturer, the manufacturing happens in Germany mm-hmm. So that comfort zone that I had was completely gone. This is also uh, an environment where I'm dealing with a culture that I haven't had to deal with before Mm -hmm. as well. And then this is also a role that is already challenging that I chose to accept the challenge of dealing with blue sky and there not being a roadmap for... What I needed to do and how I wanted to structure the strategy. Granted, there was a structure of initiatives that was already built, but I still had to come up with a way to get the buy in from the team Mm -hmm. to make sure that I'm pushing the strategy, getting the feedback that I need to keep it organic. it it was a struggle. There was a lot of days that well, I went home, and it was always like, "What did I do? <laughs> did I did I make the right decision?" Uh-huh. And I can stand here today and say that I definitely did. Um, I've grown so much over the year that I've been there. Um, I've honed my communication skills. I think I've always been very very good at communicating and presenting and talking. And if you would have asked me before, I wouldn't have thought that I could grow any more in those areas. And I have surprised myself, um, because I've been able to grow a lot from a communication, a collaboration standpoint mm-hmm. and learning how to be strategic, to get buy-in in ways, all the ways that I used to be able to do that work, it didn't work. Yeah, so I had to different. come up with a whole new game plan and it has caused me to be able to grow a lot. And I appreciate Portia for that.
0: No, that's amazing. Like as you were talking, um, definitely resonating on a number of levels it reminds me when I first moved to Atlanta and I think we talked about this when did you move to Atlanta uh
1: 2009 that's right because you Mm -hmm. moved right
0: before I did I moved in 2010 so it was moving from an energy like subsidiary into the corporate office, mm-hmm. you know, also working with a board, different levels, different mm-hmm. layers. And I knew, same thing, walking in, it was a lot of that the first two, three months, almost like, okay, I know I'm sitting here and I have so much gratitude and I know this is real, but like, is it really real? Yeah. Am I worthy or deserving <laughs> of like being here? And then the communication. Mm-hmm drastically had to shift to where a lot of times in the past I would take things personal Mm -hmm. or I would get resentful or I would whatever not realizing well people form an opinion oftentimes based on how you look yeah or based on how you sound Mm -hmm. or based on their own issues Mm -hmm. and then I shifted that and then even now like you can imagine like even approaching someone I've never known because in a way it's like making friends yeah It's like, oh, I don't know you. I just heard you speak on the stage of the accelerator. And it takes me back in a lot of ways to college.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because
0: in college, that's what college was. Mm -hmm. Organizations, you know, classes is, is, is. And it's funny how sometimes like things come back full circle, but then the same things you walk through still integrate. But then you still have to grow to a whole new realm. Mm Mm-hmm. And I remember even walking up to you, I was like, well, I don't know her. I don't know how she's going to respond. I don't know what she's going to do. And she might just reject me and shut me down cold turkey and be like, oh, who are you? You know what I mean? Because, I mean, that's a risk that you take. But it's that confidence of being like, okay, I know, like, you're offering something of value in your case, like to Portia. You have all this experience, all these results behind you. You are capable of learning with time, you will learn and grow into like who you are today mm-hmm. with time. The year later, more communication, different cultures, all of it, different team. And then it's that same thing where I was like, when I started doing podcast features and then realizing how it could blow into the community, it was okay. I know some people are going to say no, or tell me more, or I don't understand, or give me your stats, or give mm-hmm. me this, mm-hmm. or like, 10,000 different things. And it's like, you know what? It's, it's, I think part of it is too, whether you're, you know, working in corporate, you're an entrepreneur, side hustler, creating your own company, community, yeah. whatever it is, it's trusting your community, just like your friends will come along organically with time. Mm-hmm. And I love that you said want to, yeah. because the other thing I was saying also on that, on the podcast feature yesterday, that. I understand why some people, you know, whether it's in corporate, in sales, in uh, digital marketing, do these launches or deadlines or whatever. And I'm like, do I want someone that has to be pushed by a deadline or do I want people that are like, oh, I want this because it's exactly what I need and I'm ready to do it now. Mm -hmm. I'm ready to take the initiative on my own life. It's a very different energy, especially when you're creating a team like you've experienced. Mm Um, so I love that. So also with goal setting, as you set like your confidence parameters, were you like laying out like your strategic plan for every three months for the year, things like that Mm -hmm. Like when you walked into Porsche?
1: Yes. So there was, um, yeah, I had, I was in charge of the, or I am in charge of the PMO as well as the execution of define PMO for them. Ah, that is the project management office, which is a collection of projects throughout the organization that. Uh, have a key focus that we manage on a monthly basis. Uh, in addition to that, the strategy initiatives or the, is like a collection of several initiatives that Porsche feels what is important for us achieving and staying up with the future as the future of the auto industry changes. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of those things, I had to come with a structure of how I wanted to run them, a way of who should be involved, when they should be involved. And... Um, I remember there was a meeting, I think it was my first or second PMO meeting, where I had not quieted the voices in my head, and it took a toll on that meeting in my confidence. Oh, wow. You could and feel And when it. I left the meeting, I was like, man, I felt so small in that room, and I didn't like it. And so I had to almost like say, my boss hired me because he believed that I could do this, and I can't let these voices in my head caused me not to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. So I had to come almost like get inside myself and just build back pour yourself up my back. confidence. Pour,
0: pour, your, pour mm-hmm. into yourself.
1: Yes, yes. I had to like fix that foundation and then say, I can do this. This is how I'm going to do it. And then I got like a lot more aggressive in how I wanted to plan things and get things done. Mm-hmm. And it's worked. It's worked.
0: I love it. I love how, number one, you're so super self-aware. Because everything starts with self-awareness. I say that all the time. It's like, almost like life is like a walking meditation Mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, what just happened? How do I respond to this? Because it's always a choice. Yeah. You know, like even years ago, like I, I, it's also, it's also celebrating your growth. Like obviously that you're doing that too, because you're like, okay, my boss believed in me. I deserve to be here. I'm like, come on. Like I got this. I'm going to do this, but clearly there's something going on within me. Mm -hmm. So let me pour into myself first. Yep. Let me not necessarily seek externally. Let me give myself that belief too. Um, yeah, definitely resonates on a number number of levels. Because even years ago, and then celebrating that that journey, right? Like it was part of my morning routine. One of the things I do is pride. Mm-hmm. So even this morning, I was reflecting. And, and it's like moment by moment, right? And I'm sure you do this, like whether it's with life, with Portia, et cetera, that I was even reflecting. I was like, wow, this is so cool. I'm so proud of myself. Mm-hmm. Because like years ago, if I had something scheduled, And if something, ex OCD control freak, (laughs) if something went off slightly off, I would be like freaking out like, I don't know, like somebody died, basically. And like taking is like catastrophizing, like taking a two or a three into a 10 situation. But then sometimes I was really calm. It was weird, just stability. Mm -hmm. And I realized it's like in strengthening that foundation and pouring and pouring and pouring, whether it's prayer, meditation, like, all the above journaling, you realize where you have a stronger mindset to handle things. Mm-hmm. And then you also realize, and I, it's definitely happened for me where I'm like, Oh, this, this, this just happened. And I handled it calmly. Ooh, I'm being tested for the next level of promotion in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what that is, but I'm sure before even you transition to Porsche, there was several things that possibly happened before then. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sure. No, I love that. Um, and the fact that you recognize that. So after you poured into yourself, was it like just consistency over time, like every day? And then you started to notice shifts right away and
1: how you yes. showed up? Yeah. It wasn't like a light bulb where you flipped it on. And the next day mm-hmm. I was just like. I rock know, star. Fierce rock, star. rock, star. Yeah. rock star. But, but- it, it, it definitely over time began to build and I got more comfortable. And then I was able to push things and I started to see that My ideas were working. Yeah, Um, the results. And I I think, well, I'm not giving credit here, but my husband, Alex, is definitely. My mother's name is Alex. Yeah, awesome. (laughs) He is my biggest cheerleader and always keeps me in check because I'm definitely overcritical of myself and everything I do. And he's like, are you kidding me? you're awesome like he's always in my back like cheering me yeah. on so. no seriously that's why I approached
0: you because I was like oh my god like I don't know how old she is she looks 15 <laughs> but like she sitting on stage with this yes. like I and then I'm hearing you talk like I'm like I don't know who she is but I just want to know her and like you're a, like you're a rock star yeah yeah and you need that especially in your like in your marriage or in mm-hmm. your circle that's like your closest person that you hear from the most
1: yeah funny story is I didn't realize that I was self-aware or that maybe everybody wasn't self-aware until I went through marriage counseling. And then the counselor said the same thing. She was like, you're very self-aware. And I was like, doesn't everybody do this? She's like, no. A (laughs) lot. It was like most people come here and it was actually premarital, uh, premarital Mm -hmm, counseling. mm -hmm. Um, she was like a lot of people end up here because they aren't self-aware and they need me to tell them. Certain things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No,
0: I love that you said that because it's true because even like me, myself, like years ago I'd be self-aware to some degree, Mm -hmm. but then I would resent people that weren't because I'm like, well, isn't everyone self-aware? Yeah. But then I realized like, no. And then that's where compassion and grace comes into play so much with yourself mm-hmm. and with others. And similar to you, like many of us, like especially as women, especially if you've gotten to certain points with your career, you tend to be very hard on yourself. And especially if you're in male-dominated fields mm-hmm. because that's the energy that you're around a lot. It's not a lot of feminine energy. No, oh, well, it's
1: all usually logic. I mean, babe, being based in engineering, yeah. being the, the black yeah. and white type of person that I am from a structure standpoint – I use logic for everything. So. When I can't understand why someone else (laughs) does it, it just really is a mess for me. And I'm like, but that does not make sense. sense. And my friends tell me all the time, it's because you're using logic, take your logical brain out of it. Yeah, take your, literally,
0: it's what it is. It's taking, it's like, I joke now, I say, you know, I keep my head in the clouds, mm -hmm. but my feet in the ground. Because similar to you, I used to be very, like, at some point I was both, but then with schooling, with time, with everything, it was very logic driven. Then over the last seven years, being a full-time entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. I've had to do both because similar like strategy, it's different when it was, or at least for me, it was different when I was working at a company, then I had the paycheck. I knew I had that, you know, that's structured. Yeah. And then you, I, I had this already team to be visionary and then to also execute and that you had this whole built-in team for confidence. But I didn't realize how much lack of confidence or lack of belief in self I lacked until I went from the side hustle to completely the full-time hustle and the build-up process. Mm -hmm. So I'm so grateful that you mentioned that, that it didn't happen overnight. Mm -mm. It was a process. It was a repeat habit. It was daily, and it still is, I'm sure. Like, I know on my part, it definitely is. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, a year ago, I would have never conceptualized, not only are we going to have a podcast that's now growing over 400% weekly, but then, um, thank you. Um, So kudos to you guys. Uh, Major kudos. Like you said, things start to work. Mm -hmm. Things start to evolve. But then I would have never conceptualized. So those of you listening in that you're like, oh my God, I could never do this. Like I would have never conceptualized six months ago, a year ago. I'm going to go to Bridge Community with a great attitude with, you know, being open and just see who I find and how I meet people and invite them Mm -hmm. to connect, to be friends (laughs) and to be featured. So... Weird, it should be off anyway. Um, so I love that. So, how do you think that translates with all that being said to making momentum? We talk some about relationships to community and what resonates and vibes, and how you've seen not only yourself grow personally, but also with results in business. So, kind of taking both the vision, Mm -hmm. but also the practical, the spiritual, the practical, the mental, the practical.
1: I think for me, I'm a big checklist person. It's like how I validate myself. If you saw my desk, there's post-its with boxes or Harvey balls all over the place because it's how I kind of get things you're done and keep my mind organized. As we joked earlier, I literally have the memory of an 80-year-old woman. I cannot remember things, so I write them down all over the place. Because uh-huh. um, you're like, I'm not going to forget <laughs> yeah. You know what's
0: funny? I totally resonate with that because I'll write stuff down, then I put it in an app called Focus Matrix, then I put it on a calendar, then yeah. I put it on Meister, and then I
1: put it in an email. Yeah, it has to be everywhere. Even my calendar, like <laughs> when I got married... We made a joint calendar. And I was like, if it's not on this calendar, it's not happening because I can't keep up with these things in my head. So (laughs) So does your
0: husband have a really good memory? He does. Okay,
1: much better than mine. That's usually what happens because you have to learn how to adapt to someone that has a super (laughs) memory and then he's got to learn to deal with someone that doesn't. That's what happened in my my typically when people ask, they're like, "How long have you guys been married?" Well, we've been married two years, and they'll say, "How long have you been dating?" I just look at him because I don't remember. So you remember the wedding day? Well, yeah. to pick that one. It was October 1st, 2016. Okay. Oh, my
0: birthday's the seventh. Yes, oh. very
1: easy to remember. Yes. But um, yeah, my memory's bad. So the way I kind of make sure I'm on track with where I'm trying to go is I write it down. And so I do that focusing. for my personal things and I also for work. And then it's something about writing something down and coming back and seeing it later that will make you rethink, like, why did I write that down? That doesn't make sense. And you change the whole thing. So that's how I constantly make sure The vision that I have for work or for myself or for my family Mm -hmm. is always on the path that I see it on because I've written it down. And to me, writing it down means that it has to happen or I have to do something with it. I have to scratch it off and then I need to explain to myself why I'm scratching this off because I wrote it down. I wrote it down and said I needed to do it and now I'm scratching it off. Why am I scratching it off? Um, or so, is there a new
0: task that I need to write down correct. because now this
1: spiraled into three more tasks? Exactly. Because it never ends. So, yeah, I, that would be my biggest advice to anyone that's I love on that. a vision path is write it down. Even if it's something super small, like I want to work out in the evenings for 20 minutes. Write Just it do down. it. Just write it down.
0: So um, with that, we've talked about some aspects of your past. We've talked about some aspects of your present both um, friendship, marriage two years, now being at Porsche a year. So there's a lot of new in your mm-hmm. life. There is a lot of a new. A lot. Yep. Um, so you're obviously, like, in a happy mental space. Like, you're handling – because a lot of people, when we were talking about this earlier, you guys, can handle a lot of change. They mm-hmm. want to stay comfortable. Um, so – where is the future Dominique going like what are some things that are important to you maybe the next year the next five years the next 10 years etc so you
1: know I'm not as as much as this probably sounds horrible I'm not a person that thinks extremely far into the future like yes I know where I'm going to be in Mm -hmm. 10 years Mm -hmm. um I definitely am a person of faith and When I find myself where I'm like, okay, I'm ready for the next challenge. I literally, I pray about it. And I'm a very indecisive person. So when I pray, I say, okay, this is, I try to be very specific with what I want. Mm -hmm. But God has a funny way of shutting all the doors except for the one he wants me to walk through. Yes,
0: Whether it's the door that I want or not. I'm like, no, but I want door one.
1: Why'd you shut door one? I don't want to walk through three. And it's usually the only option that I'm left with. And I'm like, he put me here for a reason, and I need to learn something. And he probably will not move me on to the next thing that I'm trying to achieve until I get the lesson that he's put me here for. And that literally is how I govern my life. So where I will be in the next five years is up to God. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> so. I love
0: that. too. where you're like, okay, I'm here, I'm here, I'm focused, I'm focused, I'm focused, I'm very present, focused. Mm-hmm. And then you you know, like you have a feeling, yeah, almost like the spirit's t- basically giving you a feeling that okay, I'm ready. Let me submit. Let me surrender. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there's still a level, and I totally relate right. to this, there's still a level where you're like, okay, I'm ready, but I want this way. Yeah. So you still want to like, like I'm ready control. for door
1: number one. <laughs>
0: and it's like, Not three. no. you
1: no? No. Well, what you have is three. So. <laughs> and I can
0: totally relate to that. You can imagine, because being through, going through different industries, going through different things, and always having a side hustle mm-hmm. is like door number one. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, here's door number one. I'm going to give you door number one. It's easy. But once I took the leap, Same thing. I prayed about it. Mm -hmm. I was leaving for, um, I was um, there as a chief audit exec Mm -hmm. at the sovereign building energy company. And um, I was going to a mission uh, trip with Mm -hmm. a sports camp. Mm -hmm. And uh, for years, you know, people had told me like, run, create your own thing, build your own thing. Like same thing. Like what you're in a sense, like what you've created in strategy, Mm -hmm. that's exactly what entrepreneurism is. It's creating strategy, structure, systems, all of the above. And, And I, you know, started to marinate on it, started to pray about it, started to think about it. And so I had the mission trip coming up and my intern from Georgia State, rockstar Stephanie, she was like, no offense to anybody listening, but like seriously, she was like a partner in an audit firm already as an intern.
1: Wow. I mean,
0: rockstar. She was helping me with a fraud case. She was helping me with journal entry testing and basically co-testing with PWC on some stuff. I mean, rockstar. She came to me and said, Hey, you know, like, I know you're like marinating on some things and praying about some things, but I know that you could go be an adjunct at Georgia State. And I was like, Well, I thought you had a PhD. Mm -hmm. She's like, No, you have your graduate degree. That's all you need. I emailed the dean that day, action step, Mm -hmm. because I felt prompted. He emailed me back that day to interview me the next Tuesday, hired me for the fall. Then an IT project showed up. Then some, so I'm a big believer also of threes.
1: Uh, I like it.
0: So always like it's almost like in a sense of like just whether you look at it from the holy trinity, whether you mm-hmm. look at it thought, word, and deed. However you look at it, whatever you know you believe, and listeners, you know as far as creator, universe, etc. For you, I just look at things in threes. Back to kind of the logic, and I went in to put in my notice because it was like confirmation, confirmation, confirmation and you know and did it you know professionally and they had just offered me a different promotion like seven months before that for the first time in my life I turned down and confidently wow because before I would always say yes but something told me to say no because it would put me back to Houston back which I knew I wanted to be in Atlanta and when I gave my notice the CEO was just like I implored I thought this I thought that well, I was like well you really didn't And I think that's the biggest part of also confidence is like knowing yourself, freely being yourself. And then that transition, like for anyone that's listening, that you are in corporate or you're thinking about shifting or you have a side hustle and you're wondering, like, are you normal? Like, are these feelings normal Mm -hmm. to not feel Mm -hmm. confident? It's absolutely normal. It's you're moving into a new realm, a new level, just everything. And I remember like so many feelings of, of doubt. And even in that transition, it's, it's like levels of confidence that you didn't realize were out there beyond where you are today. Yeah. yeah. And in that, that vision or that vision process, it's like this door would open and this door would open. But as I grew in the vision and the vision became clearer, like where I'm going, where to take FitLife Creation, it's still like a 10,000-foot vision. Mm -hmm. It's not a detailed roadmap where God is like, here, I'm going to tell you exactly who you're going to meet, how you're going to meet them, where you're going to meet them. No, you're, I'm giving you the overarching, but you're going to have to have faith in the the way. And I started laughing when you talked about the doors (laughs) because you can imagine, and you know this, like you probably make a lot of people uncomfortable for different reasons. Mm -hmm. And I definitely relate to that too. And like, Over the last several years, I've made my parents very uncomfortable. (laughs) Because they're like, wait, I thought I had you in this box. I thought I had you pegged, and now you're here. Like, what? Yeah, And it's like, I'm sorry, I love you, but my journey you don't get to create. And not only that, but a couple times Mm -hmm. I found myself trying to please them and take certain doors Mm -hmm. that would make things less uncomfortable for them. God was (laughs) like,
1: Door shut. Door shut. I go to this door.
0: And then literally one of the conversations my mom and I had, which my mom is like similar to like your grandma in a lot of ways, like my rock, like Mm -hmm. my biggest cheerleader, like so much pouring into. She says to me, she's like, you know, you've done things in the past to please me. You've done things in the past to please your dad. You've done things in the past to please others. But now, like, she's like, I feel like it's all about pleasing yourself first. Mm -hmm. And that's why, like, it resonated from our first conversation where you talked about freedom. Yeah. And freely being yourself. And I think really that's what it is, you guys, is really digging deep. Like, are you in a situation or a circumstance where you're allowing someone or something to, like, you said, like, you felt small. But you realized, like, it wasn't them. You You were putting yourself in that box. Yes. So... Well, anything else that you would love to share as far as uh, anything else that comes to mind?
1: I think that is, it is important for everyone to understand that it. it's okay not to know. Uh, as I've gotten older, that is something that I've had to learn to get comfortable with. And even back to the career question, when you say, where do you see yourself in five years? I'm very comfortable with telling people I don't know. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because if you if if I would have gotten to Pepsi and said, oh, well, I see myself being VP of operations, I would have closed myself off to so many other opportunities. I never would have become You're a okay. consultant. So the reason why I say I don't know is not because I'm not honing my skills and sharpening my skills and preparing myself for the next opportunity. It's because I may have a conversation with you. Or some random person in a bar and be like, you know, I never thought about doing that. That interests me. I have the skills to do that. That is the path that I'm Mm -hmm. going for now. Mm -hmm. So I don't know where I might be. I could be Mm VP someday. I don't know. You could create your own thing. Yeah, but what I can do in my now is ensure that I'm prepared when that door opens for that Mm -hmm. next opportunity.
0: I love that you hit on basically the divine guidance and the drive. Mm -hmm. Because the divine and the drive is always there, but you're also open to the flow. Mm -hmm. no I absolutely love that so tell tell the uh, listeners also on any where you they would um, they can follow you any any action that you would want them to take
1: uh sure if you'd like to follow me on Facebook you can find me by my name Dominique Boldrick uh Dominique is spelled a little different it's d-o-m-o-n-i-q-u-e last name is Boldrick b-o-u-l-d-r-i-c-k um, that is my Facebook name. And if you'd like to follow me on Instagram, you can follow me at Dominique M, same spelling, D-O-M-O-N-I-Q-U-E, M. And then I also, if you're interested in seeing some of my woodwork, although I haven't done much in the in the past year due to moving and needing to set up a new shop, uh, you can follow me at Cut Couture Woodworks. And that is my Instagram for my woodworking. Um,
0: Do you have a hunting one or no? No, I don't.
1: <laughs> you can find the hunting pictures on, on my Dominique on the Dominique uh, handle on Instagram. That is
0: amazing. I love that you hit on so many different aspects of being multi-passionate.
1: Yeah, I'm weird, and I love it. So no, I think we're all weird
0: or dorks or whatever you want to call it. I just yeah. think that everyone lets it out. Yeah. So I love that. Thank you so so much for being You're here. Welcome. Thank you for. Blessing us with your presence, with your value, giving us insight on the journey, just all of it. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much. No problem. Feel free to comment, you guys. Feel free uh, to share and um, chat soon. Thank you for for tuning in with me me on It's a Fit Life Creation Podcast. If you haven't already, head on over to our fitlifecreation.com website, follow us on all our social channels, and explore our freebies library. You'll find freebies on health, freebies on wealth, freebies on biz, and all in one. Explore at our experiences, events,